This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. All right, so once again, we're talking about this situation with Kevin Durant, and I want to hear from you at 1-800-919-3776. Also, as you heard in the update at the top of the hour, Makai Becton, his injury looks to be a bit more serious than we thought. Rich Samini broke it, uh, gave us the information here about a half hour ago with the situation, and it uh, looks like MRI is going to tell you how tell just how bad it is, but... It, it, the disturbing phrase from Samini was, it doesn't look to be a short time off. It doesn't look to be a short time out of the lineup. It's not good. It's not good. Not good. So we'll see what you think about that. And also, this situation with Kevin Durant. Now, uh, Dan Grossa and uh, Mike Tannenbaum, our front office guru in the NFL is working in for the boys. You know, Kay LaGreca and Rosenberg from 3 to 7, they'll be in all, work, so, all week. So I was very curious to hear what a front office guy like Mike Tannenbaum, management, would, how he would handle this situation because it broke near the end of the show. Here's what Mike T had to say. I'll tell you what. He wants me to rename the Barkley Center, the Durant Center, get rid of Nash, Marks. You want to change the color of uniforms? You tell us, Kevin, what you want because who are you going to get to replace Kevin Durant? You're not. And he gives you a real chance to win a championship every time, every day he's a Brooklyn Net. So replace the coach, replace GM. Um, look, you don't want your stars acting that way, but look, what are you going to get? Four? You try to get four first round picks. Whatever you get. It's not going to be Kevin Durant. So I do everything within reason to keep him and make him happy. I'm a little surprised at Mike T, to be honest. I understand his, I understand what he's saying in principle, right? I do. You want to side with the player. You're not happy with how he did it. And you want to try to get as much back for him as possible. But right now, by Durant saying this and putting it out there, by this being leaked or given to the athletic, I mean, Joe Sai would be how, – how, how could you do that as, a, as an owner? How are you going to say that, okay, I'm getting rid of my coach and general manager because Kevin Durant says it's either them or me? So who's going to be the GM? Him? And if, and, if, and if you're the next guy in at the GM spot, suppose Joe Sai decides to do it and he gets rid of his coach and GM. Who's going to take that job? Wouldn't be me. Larry wants you to come in and be general manager. And who am I answering to? Josiah or Kevin Durant. And if he makes a declaration like that and they sided with the player before, who would take that job? That's a tough situation for the Nets. That is a tough, tough situation for the Nets. You can't, how can you give in to a player like that? How? That would disrupt your whole organization. I I don't see how they do it. And once again, the other thing, on the other side of it, what are you going to get for him now? As I mentioned, teams are going to say, okay, well, they really have to get rid of it. Either, guess what, either you take this or you keep him. Because you're not going to keep him. This is the first time, honestly, this is the first time that I would really start to think that 
if Durant doesn't get what he wants, he might sit out. And I never thought that. That wasn't even a thought in my mind. Because I just believed that, you know what? Uh, he loves basketball too much. He won't sit out. He'll try to play until, you know, he gets they get a move, a trade that he will agree to or that both teams will agree to and the, and the Nets will agree to and then he'll move on. Now I'm second guessing this because this is not this is this is not what I expected. It's not what I expected. Anthony's in Beth Page. What's up, Ant? Hey, Larry, how's it going? Uh, first, I want to say I've been listening to you for a long time, and I'm actually a very big fan of yours. Thank you, Anthony. I appreciate but, it. Yeah, of course. Uh, once I talk a little bit of Makai Becton, um, I was a huge fan of him when he first uh, was drafted by the Jets, and I really thought he was going to be a difference maker. Obviously, his first rookie season was phenomenal. Uh, I remember watching Baldy breakdowns on Twitter of Makai just obliterating people, and it was always incredible to watch and almost com- comedic watching Makai just flatten guys. And now, obviously, we know what happened last year, and I really genuinely thought that this year was going to be different. But I, I, as a diehard Jets fan, and a huge believer and supporter of Makai, I feel like it's we're coming to the point where we got to pull the plug. And I really think that we need to kind of, you know, a lot of my friends in my group chats and stuff, they say that the Jets made a mistake, maybe drafting Aquanu, maybe drafting Neil, you know, not getting Sauce, maybe not getting Garrett Wilson. But I don't know, I kind of want to hear a little bit of your thoughts there. And then I want to talk at you a little bit of Zach Wilson maybe too. All right, well, give, give me the Zach Wilson and then I'll answer them. I'll give, I'll give you thoughts on both. <laughs> okay. Zach Wilson, uh, last year, obviously, as well. Um, Zach, you know, second round overall, uh, second pick overall, the first round, high expectations, came out looking like hot garbage to start the season, got injured, and came back looking really well. Uh, playing almost a little bit Mac Jones style, good good uh, uh, game management, uh, had some flashes and stuff, and, you know, making a lot less mistakes. I think he only had like one interception in seven games. So far in camp, as a Jets fan, I don't mean to sound like a typical Mets fan here, but I'm getting giddy about Zach Wilson. I really think he's going to have a breakout season, and I think we're going to see some Justin Herbert maybe in Zach Wilson this year. Wow, that's a that's a wow. All right, Anthony, thanks for the phone call and the kind words. I got to see a little bit more from him before I start putting him in the category of Justin Herbert because Justin Herbert can sling the football, my friend. He can sling it, and I know Zach Wilson has a great arm too. But Justin Herbert slings it with accuracy, and Zach Wilson had trouble hitting. Actually, he actually hit, did better with the long ball than he did with the short balls. So that's going to be the big difference here. That's what you need to see from Zach Wilson this year. You need to see him be more consistent. If they indeed can get the running game going where they can get him to play action, a little running, not a lot of running, but a little bit of running, some plays to the tight ends, then pick your spots and go down the field. This could be a very good offense. This could be an offense that could put some points on the board. Okay, you got to be able the NFL. You got to be able to put 24, 28 points on the board to win in the NFL consistently. You got to be able to. I mean, this is 10, 17, 13, 17 points not going to get it done. If you want to win in the NFL consistently, you got to put up 24 to 28 points minimum. Of course, there'll be some times where you can get away with it, but I mean, you got to be able to score points. So that's what you need to see. What's going on uh, with the uh, you know with Zach Wilson? How about those Orioles, huh? Orioles rolling. They're leading the Blue Jays six two. So the Yankees with a win tonight, if everything holds well, can expand their lead. Ooh. All right, let's go back to Makai Becton. 
the first year, what he was able to do was excellent. But it was also a warning. It also was a preview of things to come, unfortunately. Because that's when he started to have to leave games because he was worn out, exhausted. Then, of course, as you mentioned, last year with the injury and now this injury. And it's, it seems like, and listen, you pick a player and in theory, it's the right player, right? It's the right player in theory. That's what you did. You picked up somebody. It should work. It should work. Pending this injury, I think you'd have to say, I have to agree with you, Anthony and Buddha. You got to close the book on Makai Beckton because you can't afford to have a player that you can't rely on. Availability is huge in the National Football League. And right now, you're looking at Makai Beckton as injury prone. You just are. It's unfortunate. I don't, I'm not happy saying that. This is a young man who's got the rest of his life to look to. The rest of his life. Not his football career. The rest of his life. And so you hope that it's not as serious as it looks to be. You hope that he can recover and have a quality of life because of the knee injury. Because the concern is, all right, if he had issues trying to keep his weight down playing, what happens when he doesn't have to play or can't play anymore? How's that going to turn out for him? So that's where you get really concerned. But I'd have to say, if you're the Jets, you have to be looking. You have to look at, we can expect we can expect Makai Becton to be, to get back on the field this year again. That's how you have to play. You have to sign somebody. Like, if he comes back, he can be a guy that we could spell. He could come in. That's how, that's how you have to look at it right now. Because he's, he's always hurt. It's a tough situation. It is. But that's the facts. We'll continue the conversation on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. I'm just, I'm stunned. I really am. I'm stunned. I am stunned at Kevin Durant, who had a face-to-face meeting with Josiah, the Nets owner, in London. And so you're thinking, well, okay, it's a direct conversation. They're going to hammer out their differences, and you know maybe they can come to an agreement on what we're going to do and what's happening and so on and so forth. No, 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 no. He says, I want out. Or if, unless, unless you get rid of Steve Nash and Sean Marks. This is according to The Athletic. (laughs) And clearly, as I said before, the Nets have not found, nor will they find, okay, that's the other thing. They have not found, nor will they find, a deal that they will be happy with. All right, think about what what is what type of deal is Kevin Durant worth? What could you do? What what could you do to get him? Even as Buddha mentioned earlier, he's got like three years left. So let's say he let's say for the you get him for the length of his contract. His contract is four years. All right, so he's got four years left. 
He's, what, 33, 34 years of age. All right, still pretty good. Still a fabulous player. Still a guy that can get you a double-double easily. Still can shoot, rebound, get to anywhere he wants to go. Still one of the top players in the league. Even though he's played a long time, still great player. Difference maker. Superstar. Still, superstar. So let's think about this. What did Minnesota give up for Rudy Gobert? Was that four, five first-round picks? What is Utah asking the Knicks for? For Donovan Mitchell? Four, five first-round picks, unprotected, plus a bunch of players? And that's for Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell who are pretty good players, okay? Donovan Mitchell, a little better than Rudy Gobert, younger, different player, more of a scorer. Rudy Gobert, multi-time NBA Defensive Player of the Year. Okay, that's what those demands were for. Neither one of those players are Kevin Durant. Even at 34, are they Kevin Durant? So what what is an acceptable deal for Kevin Durant? I mean, you heard the original deals. You were talking about three or four players from Phoenix and then another set of draft picks, and then it was like three teams involved in this. The original deal, there's three teams. How are you going to make that happen? How does that work? Especially now. Because as I said earlier, if I'm an opposing team, what do you what, what's it gonna take? All right. I'm gonna sit back and wait. <laughs> How bad do you want to move him? That's gonna be that's ultimately the question, right? How bad do you want to move Durant? Because eventually you're gonna take something less than what you want. Now that he's made this ultimatum. Unless, unless the Nets give in. And they say, okay, that's what we'll do. We'll keep you. We'll show Marks goodbye, even though he signed an extension not long ago. Even though he signed an extension. So I'll forget about that. Goodbye. Kevin Durant says, you got to go. Bye. See ya. I just, I just don't know how that, how, how that works. How does that work? If you're Joe side, what do you think? You're pacing right now. What are you going to do? Now he did the right thing. He said, listen, I'm backing my guys. I'm backing my management hundred percent. We will make the decisions based on what's good for the Nets. Which means, and he's got to say it, I'm sticking by my guys. He has to say that. Now, things may change. <laughs> I don't think it will, but things may change. But it really brings up another discussion. And it brings up a discussion that is going to be pivotal in the next negotiation between the players and the NBA when this contract is up. And that is how much power the players are exhibiting in this league.
how players are demanding trades, how players are trying to force owners to do different things, how players are trying to exercise their power, how players are want, or how, how players are trying to be general managers and want to dictate where they go and with whom they play alongside. And so it's been under recent situations, i.e. James Harden forcing his way out of Houston, i.e. Kevin Durant now forcing his way out of, trying to force his way out of Brooklyn, i.e. the the current poster child for whatever goes wrong with people not playing in the NBA is Kyrie Irving (laughs) for not being available. You have various players who say, I don't want to be where I am anymore. I want out despite having signed contracts. Now, understand that when ownership does it, it's okay. They don't care whether the contract is signed or not. Ownership wants to move somebody, they move them. So I understand players wanting to have more of a say where they go. Perfectly understandable. I get it. But it's how it's handled and how it's being portrayed And how fans constantly talk about they don't like it. And is that going to ultimately affect the bottom dollar for the National Basketball Association, which is money? The bottom line, I said the bottom dollar, right? The bottom line is the bottom dollar. OJ said it. Money, 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 money. Money. That's what it is. And so... As you look and you watch how this is being handled, and this is the most interesting one of all right now, is to see how the Nets are going to deal with this situation. I mean, if you're a Net fan right now, you go back to how happy you were a couple of years ago. You go back to having KD and Kyrie in a Brooklyn uniform. You go back to thinking we've got multiple titles, multiple championships in our future. And then the first year you you have no KD and you have a low Kyrie and you don't obviously win a championship. And then the Nets double down. And they say, you know what? Let's bring in a third superstar. James Harden wants out. Let's play Let's Make a Deal and get James Harden. So now you've got Kyrie, KD, and the Beard. Oh, there's no way. You got to win the chance. There's no way. Listen, where in Brooklyn are going to have the parade? Flatbush Avenue, <laughs> where, where Atlantic Avenue, where are they gonna have the parade in Brooklyn? Where, where's it gonna be? Cross the Manhattan Bridge, cross the Brooklyn Bridge, cross the Williamsburg Bridge. Where's it gonna? Where's the party? Where, where's the parade? And then, I don't have to tell you what happened. COVID situation hits. Kyrie doesn't play. KD gets hurt. James Harden's like looking around. I didn't sign up for B. I could have stayed in Houston. <laughs> I could have stayed in Houston to have been the only guy. I'm out of here. I want out. 
I want out. KD comes back. Things get squared away with Kyrie. They get to the postseason. And they get swept by Boston. Now, KD says he wants out. And he has stepped it up and says it's either them, Sean Marks, and Steve Nash, or me. Wow. 1-800-919-3776. More calls next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. So get this. Uh, a couple hours ago on NBA Central on Twitter, Rick Buecher, used to work with us here at ESPN, says Ben Simmons left the Nets group chat after the team asked him to play in game four against the Celtics. <laughs> I just, I, I just don't, I just don't, this is, I don't know how this could end any worse. It just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. It's almost like, it's almost like it's piling on. It's almost like it's too, it's hard to believe it could turn out this bad. I mean, anybody, anybody, we'll get to the calls in a second. Anybody would have tried, if you, if, I don't care who you are. Maybe Golden State. Maybe, because they've had them already. But other than Golden State and maybe a couple of other teams, if you had the opportunity to get KD and Kyrie, you would have jumped at it. In theory, you would have jumped at it. Because you figure KD's going to be all right with Kyrie. Kyrie wants, wants to come. He wants to play with his guy. He wants to play alongside his guy. They want to accomplish something together. They're good. They'll be great. It's scary. It's scary. Bill's in Breezy Point. What's up, Bill? Hey, love the show. And uh, what, what I think is that losing KD is the best thing that could happen to us right now. Because when I watched him in the Boston series, we had he had numerous attempts. He had the ball in his hand at the end of the game, and he didn't come through. He, 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 uh, he, he choked on a lot of shots at the end. And, and we weren't able to keep up with Boston. So if we can lose him now and retool with some younger players, I think he's old and over the hill. I think we saw the best of him. Well, Bill, I hear what you're saying, but the question is going to be, if you believe that and another team believes that, why would I, if I'm that other team, give you any of my up-and-coming players? Well, we're not going to, we're, you know, we're not going to get up-and-coming players because I think he's lost his step. I've lost, he's lost his touch. He's injury prone. I don't think he's the valuable commodity that people make him out to be. This isn't the KD of four years ago. This is KD now, and he's a broken down player. All right, Bill. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, I hear what you're saying. I still think he's a really good player. I do think that when he got back last year, not making excuses, this is just my observation. I do think that when he got back last year, the amount of games that he played and the minutes he logged in trying to make sure that he got this team to the postseason because they had a long losing streak. I mean, they were – remember when he went out, they were they had the, they were the best record in the conference. When he went out, they, they struggled to get to the postseason. And he played a lot of minutes to help and played a lot of games to help get them to that spot. So I think that affected him a lot. 
So I'm not ready to say that he's broken down yet. But I just don't know how. Maybe it is the best thing. But if you lose him, you got to get something for him. Got to get something. Mo's in Long Island. What's up, Mo? What's up, Larry? It's uh, nice to be on with you tonight. Thank you, Mo. Thanks for calling. What you got for me? So my thing is with this KD, do you think he's diminishing his trade value because he realized uh, Sean Marks is, um, you know, he's asking for too much. He's going to pretty much deplete a, a team. I think he, I think he's trying to get his way out to go to uh, the Celtics. And uh, a trade for uh, Jalen Brown, I think it will benefit both teams. That's, well, that's I what I think. Yeah, I hear you, Mo. That's an interesting thought. Thanks for the phone call. He's trying to do it intentionally? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, I got to be honest, though, and the Jalen Brown trade is interesting, but remember what stopped that trade was the fact that the Nets said they wanted Marcus Smart as well, and Boston said we're not giving up Marcus Smart. Smart. And I don't think that's going to change. So if that's the case, then nothing's going to happen there, if that's the case. But he is diminishing his trade value. There's no question about it. Because why would I what first of all, I gotta be sure he wants <laughs> first of all, I gotta check with as the GM, I gotta be sure that he likes me, otherwise when he gets here, my job could be at stake. I mean that you imagine how uneasy a feeling that is? A guy if he leaves, let's say that that's finally get the trade and get him out. And that's because they finally moved him because he wanted the GM and the coach fired. Can you imagine what the next team to get him is thinking? The GM, the front office there? I don't know. I don't know if I want him. Black is in Brooklyn. What's up, man? Hello, how are you doing? I just want to say that I think it's karmic reciprocity being visited upon Steve Nash because in 2009, he went to Steve Kerr and got Terry Porter fired when Terry Porter had a 28 and 23 record. So I'm glad this is happening to him. I think Joseph Sy, he got to make a decision because Steve Nash has done nothing that would justify he should have been fired anyway. And so should Sean Mark for getting a bad deal for James Harden and giving up all of those picks to get James Harden. So they both should be fired just on the merits of what they have done so far. But what about him getting KD and Kyrie? Like you I said, get credit for that? Listen, they didn't come because of him. They came because of each other. But my well, allegedly, is- allegedly, Black, they came because the Nets had this great culture here that the previous coach had. And when he got here, when they got here, the first thing they did was get the previous coach fired. Oh, yeah. That previous coach had a 38% percentage winning for his career. So, like I said, at the end of the day. But he got them to the postseason. So is that the measuring stick of what we're looking at? Or we looking when you at haven't Kansas? been to the postseason in a while, yeah, it's a pretty good measuring stick. When, did, when were the Nets in the postseason since? Before he okay. before he got before Kenny Atkinson got him there. Kenny Atkinson, his record is what it is, 38% winning percentage. That's but his once record. again, I hear what you're saying, but that didn't matter to the players because they said they came here because of the culture he had. So okay, obviously, well. obviously that was okay with them. Okay, lies are being told as they often are. But here's mm-hmm. the thing. Steve Nash got swept by Ime Udoka, a rookie coach. But he got he to the finals. Black, he got to the finals. Yeah, but Steve Nash should be fired. He didn't do a good job. Well, what about the – but he 
but the Adoka beat other people besides Steve Nash. You mean everybody going to get fired because Adoka beat them? The Nets got swept with a two-time NBA Finals MVP, Kyrie Irving, an NBA champion. Steve Nash didn't do a good job. But well, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Black. Who did, who did Kyrie and KD say was the coach? Steve Nash is the coach. No, they did not say that. They said, we can coach this team. Sometimes it's Steve. Sometimes we do it. You know, we're all coaching together. So if you're telling me that Steve Nash got to go, then they all got to go. Well, Steve Nash got to go. If KD say he got to go, he got to go. So Steve Nash got to go. And Sean Martin, you're okay with that? I would be elated. I've been calling for all right. before. KD. Let me ask you one more thing because I'm very curious. I'm very curious. Let me ask you one more thing. Yes. If you were the GM of this team, how would you feel mm-hmm. about that? Well, you talking about me or Sean Mark? You. If you were the GM of this team and in the same situation, how would you feel about the player saying either I stay or he goes? Well, if I was the GM, then that's what it would be would be in a position where he'd want to stay because I'd make better moves. I wouldn't hire But you signed it. Well, wait a minute. Well, how, okay, I hear what you're saying in theory, but he signed an almost four-year extension for $200 million. If If he was that unhappy, why did he sign the contract, Black? Well, here's the thing. Um, it's the same coaching staff, same GM. If he was that, he didn't have to sign. He could have said, no, I don't want to sign the extension. I'm not staying here. I want out. I'm not signing the extension. So if you are that unhappy, in theory, why would you sign the extension? Because then you could make you would need a trade. You could make your own deal. Somebody could sign you, and you could go wherever you wanted to go. Okay, because you got to take the money on the wood, make the game go good. He, something could happen to him, and he wouldn't get it. We we seen Demarcus Cousins, we seen other players, so he got his money. We seen Isaiah Thomas, he got his money. I ain't mad with him. I'm not mad that he got his money. What I'm saying is, if it was so bad with the Nets. Why would he sign the contract with the Nets? I'm not mad that he got his money. He can make as much money as he wants. He deserves it. But I'm saying if it's that bad here, why would you sign the extension? You could go anywhere else. Because they could give him the most money. That's the team he's with. And he he got the most money. It's just the way the the business is set up. And he did it according to getting the most money. So now he's got his money. Now it's time to flex his power and see what can happen. Okay, I, ho- I hope he's able to leave because <laughs> I don't know who's trading for him, Black. I don't know who's trading for him because the Nets are going to try to get the most. They're going to try to get the most they can. Thanks for the phone call and the discussion. They're going to try to get the most they can from him. All right, from that team to replace him. And I don't know that they can get it. He might still be here, even with Sean Marks and company. And Steve Nash. How would that be? You do all that and you still here. It's a fascinating situation, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you, it's fascinating. I can't wait to see how it turns out. We'll continue the conversation next on 987 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. 1 800 919 3776. Lee's in Brooklyn. What's up, Lee? Hey, how you doing, Larry? Can you Wait, hear me? Man, what's up? Yeah, I hear you fine. All right, thank you. Hey, yeah, um, the situation is that, you know, we see these teams with basically with Mark Jackson or the situation with Steve Kerr, and, you know, some things just basically didn't work out or went wrong with um, 
with um, the situation with, um, uh, you know, with Mark Jackson in the lead, it's not it's not there. And you, you're talking about a situation where you had uh, James Harden leave, Kyrie basically not happy, Kevin Durant not happy. Um, it's just it's just not a happy situation. And then people saying you know he should leave. I mean, uh, basically it's like what are we going back to? Are we going back to basically trying to control people, control players who basically? fought so hard to have freedom to be able to have a say and be able to say things about where they want to go and what they want to do. You know, as, as, as black people, we, we had a, to deal with a lot. Now we have a little bit of freedom here to be able to do certain things the way that we want to do them. I think that basically it, people should be able to do what they want to do. But um, it's, not, it's just not a happy situation in Brooklyn. It's not happy. Well, there's no question about that, Lee, and thanks for the phone call. But uh, listen, I... I, I understand what you're saying, but this is a little different situation here, okay? See, for me, if he was unhappy about what was going down, then don't sign the contract, okay? Don't sign the extension, okay? If, you, if you're that unhappy, all right, so now he signed the extension, okay? And let's say, all right, Larry, it got worse. He thought it was going to get better with the extension. He thought it was going to get better. He was promised certain things, and these things didn't come to fruition. He thought uh, his guy, Kyrie, was going to get a multi-year deal, didn't get the multi-year deal, got a, sing- a one-year contract, and he's unhappy, and he's trying to back his guy. Okay, I get it. I understand that. And you requested the trade, which people have done. But see, now you're like, either the GM and the coach goes or I go. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm uncomfortable with that because I think what it does is it puts you, you in a really tough situation. Okay. It just does. It puts you in a really tough situation as well as the team, because what is the, okay. What does the team do? Does the team just say, okay, no problem. Nash, <laughs> Mark, you're fired. All right. What message does that send? To your, to your front office. What message does that send? How do, you, how do you rectify that? And the next person that comes in, who's going who to want to work for you? <laughs> okay, Larry, you want to interview the, the, for the GM job? With the, no, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> Who am I? Who am I answering to again? Ed's in Long Island. What's up, Ed? Hey, man. What's up? Can you hear me? I hear you fine, Ed. What's going on, partner? Listen, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you about this this Kevin Durant and Kyrie thing. Um, the, the the bottom line is they give too much they give too much power to the players. These these teams, what they do is what you do is you 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 get a team and you become relevant. And now you get these superstar players that once you become relevant, now these stars want to join you, right? But you, you now they want to join you, and then they want to change the whole culture. KD is a great basketball player. He's not a leader. He's not a culture changer at all. So now you change all this. You get rid of a coach that 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 was there that, that uh, uh, developed the culture, right, and you get a, a rookie coach. Now maybe maybe you're so great as a basketball player that you don't need a coach. 
come in and say, listen, man, your best chance at at, at winning is, is putting this thing together. Nobody's giving up their whole – whoever KD wants to go play with, wherever he wants to go, right, wherever, if he wants to go to Phoenix or wherever he wants to go to, to Miami, they have to give up what they've developed just to get him. He's a great basketball player, but they, he, he needs to – you know, him and Kyrie. Kyrie is great too. Kyrie just don't like to play as often as he needs to. So they need to they need to kinda of, kinda of regroup and say, listen, let's try to make this thing work here. Kyrie has to because his value is down. Yeah. Right? No nobody wants nobody wants Kyrie the, the, the they they want Kyrie the basketball player, but he's not a a great uh employee. No, he's got some issues there. Thanks for the phone call and the issues of his availability, as you mentioned. That's the thing, because nobody questions his ability. His ability is off the charts. He's a phenomenal player. It's his availability that's been the question. Jose Zanorg, what's up, Jose? Hey, what's up, man? How are you feeling today? Thanks Great. For How are you, call. Jose? Hey, welcome in. I'm call again. I'm, thank you, man. I'm, I'm thinking Brooklyn should change their name from the Brooklyn Nets to the Brooklyn Twilight Zone. Same black and white colors as the show had, so it would work well. I don't know what KD thinks, what's going on. I'm not an insider, but in no way, shape, or form should a player be able to come into a franchise and call shots like that when the only championship that you were able to win was joining a championship-caliber team, already a championship team, that builds it the right way. So to leave that, now you left OKC and could again, couldn't get it done there with a pretty good, talented player next to you and, and Russell Westbrook. Fine. I, I, you know, I, I care nothing about that. Players should definitely be able to do what they want to do. You go to a championship team, and the only championships that you won, you came into a team that was already a championship-caliber team, and now you want to leave and call these ridiculous shots and you have absolutely no cachet and no credibility when it comes to that. You, 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 you got together with this guy, Kyrie, and if you're mad about his money, you know what? Kyrie made certain decisions that kind of made it difficult for you to give him that type of contract, and now you're asking to fire the coach that you lobbied to get in the first, in the first place and the GM that was there and has already built a team or, or has brought quality players around you. And – I just don't understand how he would expect any team to do that. And when your time is over, going to your point, what GM or head coach would really want to come to a team where a player could just snap his fingers like he's Thanos in the the Avengers and just get rid of guys? I don't really, you know, I don't understand exactly what he thinks works, but you got a couple of teams in the Milwaukee Bucks that seem to do it the right way, and the four-time champion, uh, Golden State Warriors who have done it the right way in terms of structuring and having talent and superstar talent that seem to understand what their role is, and they all win together. So, you know, I don't know the callers that were calling. I don't know what universe they live in where you as an employee or a contractor could just come in and tell an owner, this is what you're going to do or I'm leaving, but none of us get to do that. So I don't understand. There's a difference between player empowerment and abusing your name and your cachet and who you are and thinking that a team in the long run will be able to operate and bring in talent if they allow that type of thing to happen. I'm an employer, and I'm telling you there is just no way in the world that you can run a healthy company, regardless whether it's NBA or what I do in my industry, and think that long term that's going to work. There's people watching you and looking at you 
and they at some point in time are going to make a decision whether they want to work with you or whether they want to move in somewhere else. So it sucks that, you know, the owner or whoever the powers that be in the next have to deal with that type of dilemma. But in, in, in short, I don't care what your talent is. He needs to go. And um, he's going to have a reality check at some point in time that you need to find, you need to know what your limits are as a player, and you need to understand what your what your role is in order for you to be a part of something successful, because we all do. And, you know, I love Katie. I think he's an amazing talent. But in reading that and in hearing about how us as black people need to empower ourselves, yeah, I agree. But that in no way, shape, or form is a good example of what we as black people should be doing. We should be acting as professionals and trying to find a way of working with someone who's giving you hundreds of millions of dollars to come play instead of that. That's a poor example of it. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.